commentary, technology, preparedness, and pop culture. From Nashville, Tennessee, the home of hot chicken. I'm Jess, the straight Christian conservative one. And I'm Chris, a gay Buddhist libertarian. We will explore today's issues with opposing viewpoints. And feature guests with incredible or unique stories. We may see things differently. But in the end, this is Still Still Love love You, Bro. See, we almost got it on that time. Almost. Almost we did it. So, how are you doing, Chris? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm not bad. It's been a decent week, and I'm no longer stricken with allergies, knock on wood. That's exciting. What about you, listeners? How are you feeling? Good. (laughs) How about you, Eli, our voice of the listeners today? I'm all right. Good. Good, good, good. Well, Chris, what do you have for us? You know... Wow, we have a lot. There is no shortage of no news. Kidding. This has um, been a really tough week, and we probably don't know the extent of it yet because this is not recorded on Friday. So when no. it's published, so I'm going to bring something a little light because we've we've been into some pretty deep topics lately. Um, I watched a documentary on, and I watch a lot of documentaries. That's the only thing I like watching on Netflix sometimes. But there is this really cool documentary called My Octopus Teacher. Have you seen it? Heard of it? Excuse me? No. That sounds like a game. There's like a game about an octopus dad. It sounds like one of those shows that you would get in the back room of the old video store. Turn your VPN on. Yeah. My Octopus Teacher. And this guy, and I didn't know this, but first it's octopuses, not octopi or anything of that nature. It is not. It's octopuses. You're kidding. No. And I learned that. Octopi sounds a lot easier. It does, but that's not the only thing I learned from the show. No. Um, So this guy goes snorkeling in Australia and Australia and runs across a baby octopus. and Like with his car? No, like in, in nature, like underwater. Oh, you said run across. R- ran across, okay. like ran upon, you, you swam upon, one, upon right. and became its friend. And I say that because I learned that octopuses are, um, they're nocturnal, they're afraid of anything underwater, so you rarely see them. But this mm-hmm. octopus became his friend. They would, um, they would come in and like the octopus would hug him and like sit there on his chest. Interesting. And, and they only live for one year. So this, oh really? I yeah, they live for a lot longer. No, and and at the end of that year, they they shoot out offspring, and then they lose all their energy, and uh, and then they're gone. But anyway, the point of this was it was very fascinating to know like this dude just literally became friends with an octopus. But later that night, apparently my phone was listening to me because I ran across the greatest news article I think I've come across, other than the uh, dinosaur butthole. They have found through research that. Octopuses have this thing where they like to punch fish. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen a video of that. Yes. And so they've, there's people that study this. And sometimes they punch fish. If the fish is looking at the, the meal that the octopus wants to eat, they will kind of punch it out of the way. But they said nine times out of ten, they just punch the fish to punch the fish. Right. They, they don't actually go after it to eat it. They just punch just it punch for fun. It. You're, you're swimming by an octopus just punches it. It's the greatest thing. It's hmm. I love watching those videos now. So octopi, octopi or octopuses are the bullies of the sea. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. If okay. you see them, All right? Interesting. Do you have any input on that, Eli? It's a very <laughs> not really touchy I mean, subject, I suppose. I guess so. Octopi. Have you I mean, ever I guess been if I were in the sea and there were fish going around, it might be a little fun to punch them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I Octopus can't really is your soul animal. That. If somebody sings under the sea. Oh, no, let's not. Um, okay, let's, let's not really do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that's all I have. But um, I was just really glad to know it's octopuses. You really diverted from everything in the news today, haven't you tried? It's, you know, I've tried not to look at the news because I didn't want to get angry. I've had a very long day. I don't blame you. Yeah, well. It's, it's been interesting. 
this is a this is a news commentary show though, so we do need to talk a little <laughs> bit about Absolutely. We were talking before the podcast. In the intro, we say news commentary, technology, preparedness, and pop culture. We've only talked about two of those things. Technology and preparedness we've yet to mention. I'm not sure. Why did we write that into the script? I can't even remember. You know, your interest. Yeah, yeah, because we will eventually have news that are related to preparedness, and there's going to be a news story coming up soon, I'm sure, that's going to make people be interested in, in doing well, some preparedness. One of the topics today can tie into it. I mean, well, yeah, especially you really think about that more it. The topic kind of ties in more to live outside the city, you know, right. <laughs> I, that's going to be a big theme of this, I guess. And I, I, before we actually go into the topic itself, I've actually seen a lot of folks, some creators specifically on YouTube. Tim pool is one of the guys that I really like watching. And, uh, he actually, um, during the beginning of the, all the Black Lives Matter protests and riots that were happening several, I guess it was several years ago now, right, when this all got started, um, he actually talked about how he lived in like suburb, suburban New York and like close to, the, close to New Jersey. I think it might have been in New Jersey. And um, he actually had the desire when all that started happening to um, move out of the city completely. Right. Because, I mean how do you know someone's not going to turn up at your door and, or mob's going to be outside your house? You can't, you can't protect it. In those states, you have a duty to retreat. So you got to run. You can't sit there and defend your home. So he decided to move to some remote state and he's like, has, has acres of land now. And he says it was one of the best decisions he's ever made. I think there's a lot of people really looking to that. If you look at like the land prices in, you know, rural Tennessee and other rural areas, they've started going up because demand is so high. And some people are built different. I have some friends that love living down in the city, and they love the convenience of not having a car. And they can they can walk out of the front door of their high-rise or wherever and go to the market and get a basket and then go back up home. But, you know, I'm I'm different. Like, I like land. I don't, need, I don't like being that close to people. Yeah. It, I personally couldn't live without a car. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't either. I could. Uh, some people do it, and there's nothing wrong with it. Just, like, especially in other countries, in the European countries, there's just not as much of a need for a vehicle. They have really good public transportation there. So sure. it becomes a lot less of a need. But in the United States, we're so vast that, you know, a car is essentially a part of life. Um, but I do agree with you there, Chris. There are people that are different and built differently. And that's, not, like I said, not a bad thing. It's just it's just how you are, how you were raised, and you prefer the city life. And that's fine. Uh, I do think there's a point where some of those people will say, I prefer my safety uh, for this situation that I'm in over, you know, any other need that I'll just have to learn how to do it. A lot of people, there's a lot of YouTube series out there about how, you know, uh, people from the city decide they want to do a hobby farm. And so they have to move out into the country to, to learn how to survive on their own. It's kind of interesting, that, that mindset. It is. And I think probably if you live in the city, there's nothing wrong with that, but at least have some idea of, of how to survive, especially if you're out of electricity for a while. Um, you know, at least have a preparedness kit with first aid supplies, food, you know, some cash, things of that nature. You never really think about that if you're living in the right. city. But if you have no electricity, what are you going to do? And buy a firearm. Yes. And learn how to use it. We are certainly advocates of that. Most definitely. So I've got a plethora of articles with me today. And <laughs> y'all know because I spent a little bit trying to get these organized before the show. But there's just so much going on. Um, obviously, we don't have to bring everyone up to speed because I'm sure everyone knows. Uh, there was another um, young black man that was shot by police um, just several days ago. And the body camera footage was released. And it's quite terrible. Um 
the officer in question, th- this guy was stopped. And uh, let me find his name because I'm. Let's see here. Is this the taser incident? This yes. is the taser incident. Yes. Oh, good. Let's talk about this. Yeah, this is this is really interesting here. Uh, Dante Wright is, is is the man's name, and he was pulled over. Um, and from the press conference, we know exactly why. Now he's pulled over for an expired tag. Okay, and uh, the officers went up there. Um, they got his identification, ran his name, found that he had a warrant, and so they went to place him under arrest. And you can see all this in the in the video. They get him out of the car. They're trying to handcuff him. He decides to try to get back in his in the driver's seat of the car and run. The officer in question um, pulled her taser, or what she thought was her taser, which was actually her service weapon, mm-hmm. pulled her pistol out. You can hear her say, I'm going to tase you. I'm going to tase you. Then she says, taser, 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 and pulls the trigger and shoots him in, in the abdomen area, looks like. Sure. And immediately, the other officer takes hands off of him. She steps back because obviously she was not expecting, it seemed like, to... A bang, not a zap. Right. She was expecting the taser to fire. Pretty sure as she backed away, she said, oh my gosh, I just shot him. Yeah, she said, oh, yeah, the S word. We're trying to keep the explicit <laughs> marker off of our show for some reason. Um, so anyway, she shot him. He drove off, eventually bled out and died. Uh, so this is really close to where the George Floyd incident happened. And obviously there's a a trial going on right now, trying the officer Derek Chauvin, uh, who is uh, accused of killing George Floyd maliciously. Um, bad timing. Very, very bad timing. Indeed. So we, the difficulty with this, obviously, this has caused a lot of protests and riots. And and the the the, the question that I want to pose to all this is is where do we draw the line, peaceful protest or riots? That's been the question that has been posed to several of the officials involved in this incident, and the the media has gotten uh, up on their case about calling it riots. So um, I'll I'll talk about my first article here. So I was uh, able to find, and good luck finding this. Okay, I I could not find the you- full video of the the new police chief Tim Gannon of Minnesota. Um, the, or, of uh, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, uh, the new chief, Tim Gannon, the old chief resigned two days after the shooting happened. And this is the press conference where they talk about the details of around uh, Dante Wright's death. And I had heard that the reason I couldn't find this is the media was really confrontational with the police chief, and they've only showed small clips of it. Um, but if you watch the entire video, uh, it is really interesting how their 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 reporting is extremely aggressive um they're asking him uh, there's one reporter that just goes on and on and on about what were you thinking like that's the only question he's asking he's talking about how the uh, police deployed tear gas on the rioters after they were pelted with uh, rocks and and bricks and all those things and and the police chief he just finished saying they're all, we're only returning fire you know we're only firing back and and this this reporter if you want to call it that you know just as constantly, so what were you thinking when you were doing this, doing this, doing this? What were you thinking? It's it's almost like he's just trying to get, make a point and not actually ask a question at this press conference. And that just went on and on and on. And eventually we we came to a head when the police officer, who had, the chief, who had not used the word riot at all until this point, when he was talking about his actions, he said, you know, we this is no excuse for the rioting that's happened. And then the whole room just erupts. No, 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 they're not riots. You, you can't, they're not riots. They're, they're protests. They're protests. 
I'm like, are you kidding me? These people have literally looted like several stores. They looted That's where you Dollar draw the Tree. Line. They, yeah, exactly. They looted. Uh, what else did they, do you know of other uh, stores? It no. was Dollar Tree. Um, it was a Nike store. There was all kinds of other stores that were just absolutely destroyed. All the merchandise gone. And these people are literally, I've seen a video of them like twerking in the parking lot with, with music playing. I'm not even kidding. It's crazy. How most, is this a... The most heinous of all. How? Do, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how does this somehow promote justice for this guy that was killed? Why is harming these businesses who had nothing to do with this situation and harming the officers that, for, frankly, had nothing to do with the situation. Why is that an appropriate response? So I'm going to go back all the way to the beginning. I've been holding this to let you get this out. There's two problems with this whole taser thing. Number one, most officers in the course of their career never use their service weapon, never have to use it. But they train at least once a year, most departments more. And a lot of officers do a lot of training on their own dry firing because you want to be able to quickly access your weapon when you need it. Right. However... All these departments, and this is, I think, is probably the worst design ever. The taser looks like a gun as far as it has a handle. It feels like a gun. So you've put two things on an officer's belt that feel like the butt of a gun so that when you're reaching for something, you got to know exactly what side it's on. And in the heat of the moment, I could see it's easy to get confused. The first thing is the officer should train more with the taser. If the departments don't, they should train more than once a year on the taser. But taser needs to redesign that thing so it doesn't feel like a gun. Well, and you need to you need to tap because you you when you draw your weapon, you're going off a of feel. I mean, you can a hundred times you could reach down on the side where your weapon is and pick it up if it's not there because of muscle memory. But if you're not wrapping your hand in the same position, I, I get where you're coming from as far as the two are in a way the same as far as functionality. You have a a pistol grip, or you have your your frame, your grip, whatever, and you have your trigger, point, shoot. I understand that, but as far as from my own knowledge, I always thought that you carry your taser um, opposite of your firearm, so the two are completely distinguished. Sure. And then you have a cross draw, so it's a whole separate, different movement from your Firearm and your taser. And I'm that's pretty sure this officer didn't have the taser on the same side as the pistol. However... That's what I was wondering. When it came down to it, no matter what she grabbed, it should not have felt like a... I mean, it should be completely right. different. And you know? I think that's and, an adrenaline thing more than anything. I she think, was focused on other things. Right. She had sure. tunnel vision like um, our last guest spoke about. And just like we talked about on the last show, she is responsible. She's responsible for every bullet that leaves that gun regardless of the situation. So she mm -hmm. has killed a man that did not deserve to be shot... And she has been charged with secondary manslaughter for that because, and and the justif uh, justification for that is, you know, she didn't. This is not a murder. She did not go in there pre-plan. Say, I'm going to mm -hmm. kill this guy. There was no intent. She did not intend to kill him. Right. So it's not second degree murder. She was not angry. There was no, you know, uh, the the minimum that it is is carelessness. That's what this is. Negligence. It was negligence, carelessness. It was a part of her duty to be there. She had to be there as a part of her duty as a law enforcement officer, and she made a mistake that resulted in the death of somebody else. She did not intend to kill him. That's very clear. Sure. Now, here's the flip side, though. Now you have another African-American dead at the hands of the police. In the middle of the Derek Chauvin trial. In the middle of the Derek Chauvin trial, and he could be alive right now. Yep. He could be. 
So I understand completely that people want to protest because it's got to stop. There has to be a solution found. But there is a line drawn on what a protest is and what a riot is. And that is escalated. And I get it. You have the right to protest. I have protested. I have stood and I've held a sign and I've made my voice heard many times in my life. However, I didn't bust the windows out of a business and steal from it and loot from it because that's where that line's drawn. Rioting is an aggressive crowd that's destroying private property. And hurting people. And hurting other people. Absolutely. I have been to a lot of, maybe it's just my generation. I mean, a long time ago, there were a lot of peaceful protests that, that I've seen pictures of before my generation. And the ones I've been involved with when I were younger, they were peaceful protests. We held signs. We chanted. You know, somebody was banging a drum. Um, right. And everybody was harmoniously getting their message across. But nobody was busting the windows out of cars and you know, lighting patrol cars on fire. It's a completely different type of person. And that is rioting. But on the same side, I get they're pissed off. I get it. So many people are dying that could have been could have been saved or stopped. That I get people are pissed off. And in my, you know, opinion, personal opinion, not anything, no government organization's opinion. Um, of course, it's always my personal opinion. But I do think that you know this all falls back to a lack of training as far as. Um, our law enforcement officers go, I mean, cutting their funding, cutting their training time, all this thing, all this stuff is not the solution. I mean, I yeah, understand people the police is not going to work are upset, you know, and, and I, it, it's a hard thing, really. I mean, because if you look at it, it's two two lives here are being affected as well, you know. Oh, and the, more, more than just two lives are being affected. Well, with the and riding, I'll tell you this. I agree. And, and let me let me say this. So. This the Black Lives Matter movement right now, I really believe, is starting to go way too far. And I'll tell you why. It's corrupt in multiple different ways, and it is now causing terrorism and action to be caused by this terrorism. Um, the This article is from the Star Tribune, and uh, the title is Brooklyn City Mayor Takes on Oversight of Police Department Fire City Manager. Now, the city manager uh, came out after the shooting. And rightly said, everyone deserves due process. This officer will get due process. She deserves due process. He said it in one sentence, but I said it in three to make sure it was clear. The city council voted unanimously to fire the city manager. And it's pretty clear why, because they told us why. This is from council member Chris Lawrence Anderson. And she voted to remove the city manager because she feared for her property and retaliation by protesters. I'm saying that with quotes because that's what everyone is calling them. But if you're fearing for your property and your life because of protest, that's not a, those aren't protesters. Okay. That is domestic terrorism. I'm sorry. It's not even rioting mm -hmm. at that point. If you are causing someone to change an action or to modify their behavior, especially a politician, because they're fearing for their life or their property or the life of their family, that's terrorism. So she says she feared for her property and, re and retaliation by protesters if she had voted to keep him. She says, quote, he was doing a great job. I respect him dearly. I didn't want repercussions at a personal level. You want to hear the definition of terrorism? Let's hear it. This is from dictionary.com. I think that's about as good as you can get. I'm not using Webster. I think we all know why. 
Um, it <laughs> says, but we can talk about that later. I don't, but I'm going to ask later. Go ahead. All right. The unlawful use of violence or threats to intimidate, coerce, or coerce a civilian population or government with the goal of furthering political, social, or ideological objectives. So the city manager lost his job because the city council feared for their life and their property and the life of their family at the hands of Black Lives Matter. That's unprecedented. They're not even lying about it. They're flat out saying this is why. And the the horrible thing about this, I think, is is there are a lot of passionate young people out there who believe in a cause and want to protest peacefully and be out there and protest peacefully. But you have these agitators, these aggressors who come in and, you know, kind of fire everybody up and, you know, they live off of violence. You know, they want that violence because they can loot and they can do these things. So they go into a crowd and or they get a group of them and they come in and they just totally mess everything up. I think so. Chris, I'm sorry. You got to go because you've been breathing in trying to talk for a second. (laughs) No, I just, um, you know, they're, uh, you don't know that the entire populace of people that are protesting are Black Lives Matter. The, The idea behind the Black Lives Matter movement is absolutely valid. And there are people out there especially the family of of even everyone involved that should be out there protesting, that should be out there wanting change. How do they define what that change is? I mean, you can't just scream, we want change. What is that change? That that goes back to what we've talked about before. You got to have conversations and define what that, that change is. Is that better training? Is that, you know, more training, cultural sensitivity training? Um, Who knows what that is, but if you're going to, you're going to protest about something, you have to have, a method. You can't just keep screaming, this needs to stop, right. this needs to stop. How does it stop? And we can't tie in, you know, just like with police officers, there are these bad police officers out there, and we can't assume that, you know, every police officer is bad because there's a couple bad ones. You know, we can't do the same We can't do the same with Black Lives Matter or, you know, whichever group you want to associate with. You know, it's not right. And, you know, as an American, I'll say this. I don't want to tie into any group because that ends up happening either way, you know. Corruption gets in every organization. Right. In right. fact, I'll I'll move on to the next articles because we're rolling. Wait, I, I brought I want, so many. Go I want ahead. to know about Mr. Webster. You want oh, to take that one? Oh, gosh. Can we, can, it's a rabbit I, hole, Chris. I'm on a flow. Can we do that after? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's sure. just do we'll that, that after. after. We'll make that an extra thing. But, don't um, forget, because our listeners want to hear that, too. I'm, I'm sure, sure they do. We'll tune, you got to listen to the whole thing now. Don't be tuning out. All right, so... The reason I mentioned corruption is because the the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, uh, Patrice Khan Colhors, Colors, Colors, Khan Colors, this is about the mansion. Yes. Oh. So, as you know, companies have been desperately donating millions upon millions of dollars to Black Lives Matter ever since their founding, and for. Reasons that, you know, it could be that they support the cause. That's most likely why. But there's also businesses that donate to try to prevent damage to their stores. That actually happened in this most recent case with uh, Dollar Tree, I believe it was. Um, but, or which would be, what, Walmart, I believe, owns Dollar Tree. I'm not really sure. Oh, no, do- no, Dollar General. Walmart's on Dollar. I think they own both. Anyway, so um, it's also it's just come out that um, the, this, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, uh, has recently been snagging four high-end homes for $3.2 million across the U.S. Four separate homes. Are these for bases? No. no. These are her personal, personal homes. Personal use. How do you live in four homes? 
That's something you'd have to ask her, I guess. It depends on what month of the year it is. Uh, I don't know. She also eyed a property in the Bahamas, um, which uh, are priced between $5 million and $20 million. She's, she's thinking should, about that. That should make people mad. She's a self-described Marxist. How? And she oh. is she is purchasing $1.4 million Yikes. homes. Yikes. <laughs> How can you be a Marxist? And 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 try to be a part of of the of the of the people, the working class, and yet call <laughs> buy multi million dollar homes. Shouldn't you be donating on your money to the other working class people? I'm pretty sure. Now, that's are these illegal, are these being bought? I don't know. Is it is it coming from the funds Where of Black Lives Matter? Where else do you think she's been getting that's, all this money? What else is she doing? She's not a CEO. She's not anything that would make well, this. But we don't know what she did before. Money. I mean, did did you know? Did she have a, a white collar job before? And then all of a sudden she. You know, I don't have BLM. that information. Um, That's but, what we need to know. But I mean, it's the most logical conclusion in my mind is that she is getting funding from Black Lives Matter, be, being the co-founder. It's a large organization. Well, now everybody yeah. gets paid if they work for Black Lives Matter. But this is a whole heck of a lot of money. And they're nonprofit, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I have it, to double check. I will have to. Sure but it makes are, sense. But... Why Why wouldn't they be? Right. Yeah, you, you know, can pull up their filings if they're nonprofit and see where the money is. Is that embezzlement? Well, not unless it just depends on if 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 they have a business use. For nonprofits yeah, get true. paid. There's several people that we know that work for a nonprofit, and they they make a paycheck because they have to make a living. It makes right. sense. But how much money is she making right. to be able to afford four homes that total just yeah, over three point two million? It has to be within reason as far as how much money you're making because That's what you I'm can't saying. just straight up take. Yeah, but I don't think there's guidelines. I mean, there's not a guideline. If well, you set up a nonprofit and you know you decide you want to pay the 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 CEO or the president, or whatever the nonprofit, a million dollars a year, you can. You're right. I don't know. But you can all you can pull up everything on every nonprofit online and see where exactly all the money goes down mm-hmm. to down to the people. And I don't think a lot of people do that before donating to a lot of these organizations. Yeah, we right. probably need to look that up, bring that up next episode to find Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Well, it's and it's just like the the NRA. You know, the NRA took money for years and years never did anything and people finally started to realize what's our money going to it's just going to paychecks yeah you know so they stop stop paying their memberships and now they're um filing for bankruptcy i think i, I might it be is, wrong on that it is a non-profit um it says uh let's see in february black lives matter nonprofit co-founded by her they took 90 million in 2020 and 27 million committed to grant funding and helping 30 black leg groups across the uh, country. So they took 90 million and they committed to 21.7 million for grant funding. Wow. So there is a large discrepancy and that, and that may not be fully correct information. This is a news article, so I'm not going to, you know, claim that completely. Uh, I'm I'm looking for this point. I also heard that the area is she's she's bought one of these houses and it's something like 99% white. <laughs> kind of ironic. <laughs> <laughs> that she's moving away from 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 what she claims to support, but um, anyway. Well, so. and that's the unfortunate thing I feel like nowadays is that you know you look at Martin Luther King and he wasn't inspired by money; he was inspired by change. Yep, yep. You know, and I feel like unfortunately that's the biggest letdown of all these peaceful protests and things like that is people get money, good money in their lives, and they go, well, "This is pretty nice. I kind of don't want this to end." You yeah, know? no kidding. People and, are motivated by different things, and that changes throughout the course of your life. And that's the that's the thing that I was thinking about earlier. You know, all these all these, and I'm not talking about the legitimate protesters that that do exist in Black Lives Matter. I'm not saying they don't, obviously, and they probably make up a good portion of these people. But the people that are the violent actors, the criminals that are in this organization, which there are also an abundance of, um, they're looking forward to when a black person is killed by police. 
Because they, they want an excuse to get out in their community and steal stuff. That's right. exactly what's going on here. They were charged and ready for the uh, for the ruling of uh, uh, Derek Chauvin. They already were ready to go and, and waiting for that because that's coming out this next coming week. And they're they're just they're breaking in, stealing stuff, getting free shoes, free food, free whatever the heck they want, and, and no one's being arrested, no one's re- being charged. Getting ready for the show. Getting ready for the show. And can you imagine? We'll talk a little bit about Derek Chauvin. That's just a huge thing, but you know, the defense has been doing pretty dang good. They have they have been able to sow turn by turn by turn, in my opinion, reasonable doubt, and that's all they need. The, it is not the job of the defense of Jarek Chauvin to prove that he did not kill George Floyd. It is to prove reasonable doubt right. that he could have killed him. And literally, the prosecution has said, like, if you were to straight up ask the prosecution in a hypothetical scenario, um, they, they say, he killed George Floyd. How did he kill him? Well, we're not exactly sure, but it could have been one of three different ways. How does that make any sense? That's that's well within reasonable, and I'm I'm paraphrasing a ton here because I can't sit here and show you the you know you can go watch the court proceedings yourself, but I will tell you this: don't sit there and listen to the media and what all they're telling you about this trial because I look through articles on CNN, um, uh, MSNBC, NBC, Fox, even Fox News. Most of these articles are are so exciting about the prosecution. Oh, they had a great victory today, great victory, and then all this stuff. But you actually go and watch the trial. The defense is making some pretty good points as well, and they haven't even presented their witnesses yet. They're they're turning around prosecution witnesses and making great gains on them. It really comes down to whether or not the jury, in my opinion, is going to be influenced by all the riots that are happening right now. Which maybe that's the um, the diversionary tactic. I would hate to have to be on that jury number one because. You're right. There are both sides are presenting a very valid case, and you are you are determining the future of someone who determines someone else's future, um, and possibly the nations. I mean, that will change the course of history. Right. Right. But here's the thing: people are selfish. Everyone is. There's no denying that. The some of these jurors live in the same cities that are burning right now because of the other shooting. Okay, what do they think? Because surely their names are going to come out at some point. Yeah. What do they think is going to happen if they vote to acquit Derek Chauvin? I think no matter which way the jury goes, there's going to be uh, continued rioting. If they find him guilty, there's going to be a lot of police officers and a lot of you know pro police that that lose their minds. And and if they find him not guilty, um, we know. I don't. I think that if happen. people are going to lose their minds, no matter what, less than murder, it's it's yeah, be a bit of a. I don't think. It, I don't even know how they could get him for murder too. I don't either. It has to be manslaughter, if right, anything. Right. I don't. I don't even see how murder two is even possible. Yeah, they gave right second now. and third degree. So, yeah. and my thing is, is that there is so much domestic terrorism happening in the United States right now, where people are being influenced because they're scared for their life, they're scared for their family, and nothing is being done about it. And it's so terrifying to me. Because all they, all these people have to do is riot and burn places down and threaten people, and they're not going to jail. They're not being hunted down by the FBI. Well, now hold on. They did that in Nashville. I watched a riot forum in Nashville, and I watched it live on TV, and I saw the mob moving towards the Capitol building, and I said, look, this is about to be a riot. And sure enough, the first Molotov cocktail went through a window. 
and they track those people down based on video. Right. And then they ride it at the Capitol, the United States Capitol, and they have systematically investigated. It's taken a while, but they have systematically investigated and found some of the kingpins of that. I'm glad you brought that up. And and have and have and are which, currently prosecuted. Which is them. how it should be. I mean, the government should be, as far as police and military, is apolitical. Apolitical. When when you put on that uniform, you're apolitical. You're going and you're doing just your job. You do what you need to do. Obviously, you have morals. You have those guidelines within you. But as far as going to a protest, even if it's, you know, going to a protest, I don't care if it's pro-Trump or anti-Trump or whatever. It's a protest. I'm doing my job. I'm going there. And I'm going to do it with professionalism, political opinion aside. Right. Chris, I'm glad you brought up the Capitol right, because that was going to be my next point on this. Good. And I'm going to say this. That is the public's building. That building is bought and paid for by the working people of the United States of America. And on any given day, as a citizen of this country, you should be able to walk in. You should be able to you know, walk to an office and have access to a senator or watch the proceedings. I get Obviously, COVID wouldn't allow people to walk. But in a general sense, that's the public's building. They are doing the work of the public, and you should have access. Where the line is drawn is when you push through the doors and hundreds right. hundreds of people push in Smash and shove officers and, yeah. and shove and then sit at the Speaker of the House's desk and take pictures. That's where you draw the line between a protest Agreed. or somebody visiting and, the Capitol and, people, and a rioter. People seem to think this is their right. I mean, it clearly says the right to peacefully assemble not and I don't, to riot. I don't to break disagree in. with either of you. But here's my thing, okay? We saw with the Capitol riots, the FBI hunt down every single one of those people that were violent in that. We saw private companies. If you attended the Capitol protest, I'm not talking about just the riot, the protest, okay? A lot of the, most of those folks were fired or disciplined at their jobs, okay? A lot of them were banned from social media. And you mentioned Tennessee with the Black Lives Matter riot in Tennessee. Okay, that was shut down really quickly because the Tennessee government, the police departments in Tennessee, want to protect their citizenry and they want to protect those people. The national government wants to protect its big building, and it's going to hunt down everybody who was violent in their big building. Why then are we not hunting down and prosecuting all of these other people that are burning down private businesses, that are rioting in the streets, setting police cars ablaze, throwing rocks at police. Where is where is the FBI in hunting down every single one of these folks? Where is the private businesses firing these people for being at these protests? It's not there. I, I think it is there. And this is what I'll say is that I've heard numerous times that as far as with Portland, when the Portland courthouse thing was going on, um, which seems like forever ago, um, People there were being tracked down and brought in. I mean, no different than people at the Capitol riot, you know? I feel like the reason the Capitol one gets so much attention is because it, it's it's media that's putting all I, the yeah, attention on I that. I think it was They don't care if Antifa gets arrested or anything like that. Yeah. But when it's, when it's a right-leaning, radical right-leaning group, I think there's a lot more attention on it. You've got the radical left protesting and rioting. You've got the radical right and, protesting and, and rioting. And that was such a big deal, too. I mean, Portland and all that stuff was a big deal. But, I mean, we're talking about our capital of the United States. I feel like that's why it was so— It's a big insult to all the people up there. I agree. Right. I think that was why that's it was why it was such a— So all the eyes are on it, you know? I mean, the whole world's eyes were on it. So I feel like that's why 
all that follow-up learning and hearing about people getting arrested, that's why. Perfect time to transition into this last one. This is my last one, I promise. <laughs> There's just so much to talk about today. Um, a lot of you guys might have heard of a, a, a organization called Project Veritas. Okay. This is a investigative journalist organization. They've done a lot of really, really down and dirty investigative journalism. They, they do the hidden camera stuff. Uh, they, they, uh, in this case, they actually went on a date and catfished a technical director from CNN. And they, this lady that worked for Project Veritas found him on Tinder, hit him up, got him <laughs> to come out to three or four dates this CNN director and guess who started bragging about all the things that CNN does behind, behind the back, man. Oh, wow. This staff, this dude, and this is only the set this. I think there's only been two videos come out from project Veritas. They said they have several more of the, some of the things he said. So as of Wednesday of this week, this is what's come out. Um, first of all, he says, quote, look what we did. We talking about CNN got Trump out. I am 100% going to say it. And I 100% believe that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would still would have got voted out. Um, also, is this, is, is this recorded? Like this, this is, is on, on video? video. You see his lips moving. And can you pull this. it up online? You can okay. pull it up online. Yeah, this is 100% real. I 100% promise. that he works for CNN too as well, yeah. right? Yep. Now, yep. but hold on. Let's, let's set a context though. This is a guy who is high up at CNN who is on a date trying to impress a lady who has probably portrayed herself as a big fan. So... Well, I, you get, I, we can give I mean, reasonable if, doubt to if everything. If I'm on but, the date and the person I'm with says, you know, I love doctors, I'm going to be like, yeah, I, I know all, all kinds of stuff about the inside of the body. I mean, well, I'd, I got three friends that are doctors. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing is, though, is we I can. I sewed we can, up my own wounds before. Right. We can reasonable doubt this all we want, but the point is it was said. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why this is important in a second. He also said um, Trump's hand was shaking or whatever, I think. We brought so many medical people to tell a story that it was that was all speculation, that he was neurologically damaged, that he was losing it. He's unfit, you know, whatever. We're creating a story there that we didn't know anything about. I think that's propaganda, he says. Uh, he also says um, showing him jogging is obviously a deflection, uh, deflection of his age. They're trying to make it like, oh, I'm healthy. And the date asks, what do you mean? And they says, we would always show shots of him, Joe Biden jogging and that that's he's healthy you know uh we gave him aviator shades like you you paint on him as a young geriatric <laughs> that's what he said paint him like a young geriatric that is uh there's there's all kinds of stuff like that it, it just keeps going on and on and on and, and he's talking about joe biden and he's like this is what he said um i had so many arguments about like my dad would be you know you're voting for kamala harris because he's going to die in the presidency Chester told the woman, and I'm like, he's not going to blanking die, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. She probably could be a blank in like a board meeting. So he's calling Kamala Harris the B word. Um, and you, you hate her as a boss, but she's effing real better than what we got. Regardless, I'm talking about Trump, I guess, or maybe talking about Joe Biden, who knows? And this just goes on and we can sit here talk about this all day. He talks about how they purposefully put the COVID numbers on the screen all the time because, quote unquote, fear sells. Um, he says, I think there's COVID fatigue. So like whatever a new story comes up and CNN's going to latch on to it. They've already announced at our office that once the public is or will be open to it, we're going to start focusing mainly on climate change. 
So they're already discussing where they're going to be pushing their, you know, propaganda or medium or whatever they're going to try to do to get views. But, you know, the whole point is, is this is crazy. We've got a technical director now. He's not like a program director, so he's not the one that, that does the stories. He's the, but he is integrally connected to – he's right next to the program director, the, the one that makes sure – that clears the content for air. He's the one that's making sure he's calling the shots and doing all this stuff. This, this guy, has, he's, there's so much stuff left, and I, I can't tell it all because I, I would be – it, this would be the the Jess talking podcast at that point, but it has been a little. Pretty bit. much this one, I guess. Is I've been so excited about all this stuff, right? But there's more to come on this, and my big thing is, I'm tying that back into the media talking really bad about, uh, really good about the prosecution, really bad about the defense and Chauvin's trial. They're trying to build up. They're trying to pin uh, pin up the anger in Americans so that if Chauvin gets uh, acquitted. Everybody's going to be like, well, what the heck? This obviously is racist because all I've seen is that the prosecution is doing great. The media is not our friend. They are constantly manipulating us like this. We are and, so politically divided nowadays. Yeah. It's it's people's identity. I feel like if we all put politics aside and came together as Americans, this would not be happening right that's now. That's what we've been saying for six episodes. Right. Yeah, I guess so. I think, honestly, when you share news on Facebook and you take that as news uh, without actually looking at the source yourself, then you're part of the problem. Um, I, I see right. these really funny videos where they'll go up and ask somebody a question and, you know, the person clearly has no idea of, of the news or the answer. And so when you tell me, like, for example, just that whole story, I'm going to go watch it myself. And, and, you know, watch the entire trial yourself. Watch the entire interviews yourself. Watch the, the raw police footage Make your own decision, not yeah, not right. the decision that whatever side of news you're on. I don't care if you watch, you know, CNN or MSNBC or or whatever. But you know, look at the entire picture, not just what any news source shows you, and make your own opinion. Don't let someone else form the opinion for you. Yeah, like all this crap I just said, I could be totally lying to you right now. You better go check yourself. Right. I mean, it, that's the point. We want to. We don't want to be. The opinion. Our we're show not is a about, news source. Yeah, we're not. Mm-hmm. We're, we're discussing news we're, because I've got a different opinion. Chris has a different opinion. Eli does. Our guests usually have a different opinion. That's the whole point. We want to have discourse. We want to reach a new understanding in this show. And that's why, that's why we're in your ears right now, I think. You want to also reach a new understanding. You want to hear differing opinions, and, and that's healthy. But we need to be really careful about just listening to the news sources because even though you just, you know, like at the beginning of your statement, you said, you know, don't just listen to what someone says. Go look it up yourself. Well, the problem is starting to be that the sources are biased as well. We really don't know what the truth is because it's always tainted with an agenda, whether that's Fox News or whether that's CNN. But it's that's not a source. Agenda. That's not a news source to me. When people I mean, hear news source, a body they cam, think of that. Uh, that's exactly. But a body cam video from start to finish is a news source. You know, a court recording is a news source. You're talking about first person stuff. Exactly. I mean, you know, he said, she said, um, but that doesn't work because anything. And I'm, I've been in the video editing business. I can, I can edit a video, and make it say whatever. You yeah. know, you can take. I mean, we know how that works, right? We don't have to, you know, talk a long time about that. But the reality is, if if you were being told something about a news source, go to the actual raw footage of the news source and look at the entire thing. Um, that's just the only way to do it. That's what I do. Anytime I see a news story on either side and I look at both sides, I look at news from, from two different channels. Right. And then when you put those together though, the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. There's a YouTube channel called police activity. All they do is post body cam dash cam videos. Of police. Yeah. And they don't make any comment. They just nope. post it so you can see They'll, it yourself. They will give you, if there's an arrest or a, you know, a, um, ah, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
like a summary of what happened um, from the department. Like a report, yeah, yeah, they'll put it in the com in the description for you to read. But other than that, it's just raw body cam footage. Sure, and I've seen a lot of uh, body cams on the news, and it starts out right at the point where the officer has a gun drawn, and you know, or or they've they've taken somebody and shot them to the ground. Fired, right. What happened before that, and what happened after that, makes a big picture. Context is key. It's all about context. It's like and they say. Um, well, they ah, don't, they don't want to show the first 10 minutes of the video where the officer is begging and pleading for the guy right. to put his gun down. They're right. only going to show the six that seconds. Make good Perception is reality. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, so there's another video that went around. I don't know if you guys saw, but it's a, uh, I think it's a young trooper. Um, I don't know what state, but um, he's talking to a guy, pulled him over, and he's asking the guy to step out of the vehicle, not, not for anything other than both of their safety. He's going to pull him over to the right side of the of the barrier and the grass away from the vehicles. And the dude comes out with a AR pistol and kills the deputy, shoots him and yeah. executes him on video. Shoots him to the ground and then walks up and shoots him in the back of the head and kill him. Right. And I think the unfortunate thing about that is that so little people have heard about this. Yeah, no one's talking about it. We just watched you know, an officer, innocent, it's on, doing his job. It's on both sides. You know, the police... Police suffer bad incidents too. You know they they get killed, and you know it's people kind of chalk it off as that's just their job. You know that's what they signed up for. But it, it really yeah. really makes me upset seeing some of this because you know I don't. When we sit here and talk, we're not like oh well. You know we're not we're not pro police. We're not anti police. It's just we're pro right. We want thing. people to be alive and we want people to have a chance we right. want people to have their day in court we don't want anyone to get shot whether it's the perp or the police right you know i don't even the the thing is is i see a lot of folks on social media that are either on both sides they're like well he shouldn't have resisted or he shouldn't have done this you know if he wouldn't have had a warrant then this no wouldn't have ever happened he should have had his life together and then i see people well that cop well i'm glad he's dead you know that that's one more down uh you know it's a tit for tat thing it's not we don't want anyone to die. This is so stupid. Why can't people just? And it's all a political thing. I wish everyone would just love each other. You're right. Like, if 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 you were so tied into politics that you were happy that another human being dies, I, it's my personal opinion. Wrong. You need to check yeah. yourself. Right. And the, once again, we talk about this all the time. Those aren't the people that's listening. You know. Right? No, it's not. Unfortunately, not. I have a police story to tell you. Oh no! I was pulled over once. Once I, I was, yeah, I was, I was younger. I was, I was just over 21 and I had a, I bought a, a pistol and I had my carry permit and I was doing things, you know, legally and I was coming right. through and out of this small town. And, um, I guess I had a headlight that was loose and, and it was flashing like one light. It was out maybe. Hmm. And I got pulled over. So I pull over and I do what I'm supposed to do. My hands are on the wheel and, you know, and I, the guy came up to the car and you don't have to, I think in Tennessee, um, uh, declare declare that you have a weapon but you know obviously i'm not going to make a big you know scene with my phone out yeah so i'm like hey officer you know i do have my firearm on me it's in the center console and uh he said well can you step out of the vehicle absolutely i mean that's sure you're not you know yes yeah. it's inconvenience being pulled over but you know you're doing your job so he pulls me out of the vehicle and he says can i just you know disarm this for a little bit i said whatever makes you comfortable dude i mean you know i'm young i'm not looking for a confrontation i don't have my mm -hmm. phone out no need to record it so he takes it apart and, you know, drops the magazine out and then runs the serial number. And then I hear dispatch squawk back, you know, there's a report of it stolen. And I'm like, hold up a minute, what? And uh, and I see him, you know, click on his mic. He's like, verifies the serial number with her. And the dispatch comes back and says, 
uh, you know, that that's stolen. No kidding. Well, at this time, like three other, and I think there's like four officers in this mm-hmm. town and like six show up. Oh, that's usually how it goes. Yes. I'm sure. And so, and that's the point where I start getting nervous. Right. I'm like, holy crap, I've really done something here. But I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay calm because I know it wasn't stolen. I know where it came from. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all these officers come up. I guess this is the biggest thing that they had going on that day. And they start surrounding me and, you know, everybody's getting tense. And I'm just like, were you, you know, in guys, handcuffs? This, and I wasn't handcuffs yet, but I was out of the vehicle. Right. My you know, firearm was out and I'm like, and they look like they were about to put me in handcuffs. I'm like, dude, you know, and I told him the name of the person who I got it from, who mm-hmm. was a police officer. I said, I know this is not stolen. Like something's wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, this, and, you know, whatever, if they had arrested me, we would have gone to court yeah. and everything would have been fine. It yep. would have been a major inconvenience, but mm-hmm. no need for anybody to get shot. And, right. uh, and I said, look, just, you know, please run this again. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, something's wrong. Well, luckily he called the dispatcher and sure enough, there's two manufacturers that use the same type serial numbers. So that serial number on a completely different model was stolen. Oh, no way. Yeah. So needless to say, I got my pistol back and I went on my way. <laughs> right. But I think oh, I vomited halfway home. I bet. Oh, God. You were really close, man. I know. That was close. The one encounter I've, I've had when I had a pistol on me, I had someone pull me over. I was speeding. He didn't give me a ticket, thankfully. But um, I probably would have deserved it. I was going fast. Um, but he pulled me over and I said, Hey, you know, I handed him my, my, uh, concealed carry permit and my license and j- just wanted to let you know, my, my gun's on my right hip. And he said, just don't touch yours and I won't have to touch mine. Right. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's and a good way to do it. Another thing. If you don't want to get, if you, if you don't want to get pulled over, then don't speed. Yeah. <laughs> don't drive recklessly. It's not that hard. Don't run stop signs. Right. Yeah. Don't drive a stolen car. But, but we see, we that's say the, all this stuff. That's and, the difference, though. Yeah. Everybody in this world is one bad decision away from making a mistake. And, yep. you know, that could have, both of our situations could have gone completely different. I could have been really pissed off and gotten and started a scene and started demanding that, you know, this is not right. And, you know, I, I could have been tased at least or, right. or shot. But, if you remain calm and let the process work, it works. You know, I keep saying people like that don't listen to our show, but, you know, I really think it's a disservice. We may be wrong. There may be someone who is on on the fence on how they're thinking about things, and they're saying, you know what, maybe I should listen to other opinions. Maybe I should think critically about some of these issues that are going on. So, therefore, I think we need to say if you're in a situation where regardless if you've done something wrong, regardless if you have a warrant, if you've, if you've done something wrong and you're out of the car and you're talking to a police officer, if you think you're being wronged, like the police officer is doing something illegal to you, do not fight. Do not fight it there. The whole point of the court system is to fight it out in court because at this point, fighting an officer will likely result in your death or your serious injury. If, you, if, if it comes to that, you can get tased, you know, you can get put on the ground, stuff like that. There is no reason for anybody to fight the police. If you, the result will probably be a lot less painful if you just go along with what's going on and eventually make it to the other side. That's my opinion anyway. What do you think, Absolutely. Chris? You know what? It, it's, it's probably bad for your pride to hush and go along with it, but you can stand up and make a scene in court and your attorney can do that. Um, and, and you'll win. And, and let you might get process, money. <laughs> if you're wrong, you might get money out of there it. You There's go. no reason to fight with these. Like, don't don't probe them to Police shoot officers you. Are human too. Yeah, and they, and they have mistakes. to make a decision. I mean, that's the thing. That's part of their training. They have to make a decision on if you're going to kill them or not because they're going to go home. 
don't give them that opportunity. Don't let them have, don't put them in that situation where they have to make that decision. Correct. Let the judge and your attorney present a good case and let the judge determine that they were in the wrong. Yep. And that is much more embarrassing than having a, an officer go through, you know, court for killing you because you're still around, you know, to, to talk yeah, about it. It really hurts my heart a lot when I see these videos and I think, and I know we've talked about the same subject over and over and over. And I think, man, if only, if only they would have just complied. And even if there was, they were in the, if they weren't in the wrong in the first place. If only they just, even if they are in the wrong, if they had a warrant, if there was, if they're being arrested, they're going to jail, they would still be alive. Right. Just sure. if you don't resist, it's, that's fine. And, and then people will say, well, what about George Floyd? He didn't resist. Well, yeah, we're in that trial right now. If you look at the video, he did, he was kicking the door. He, it, that's hard. There's a lot of stuff going wrong in that. Situation. There were things that led up to him being on the ground, but there's a lot of issue with you know having somebody in handcuffs and restrained in that way. And I, I am not trained to that level at all. I'm an innocent bystander. But if somebody's in handcuffs, they don't need to be held to the ground. I mean, how many how many officers were there? It, that's I think that's debatable because. Two? You you got to think about if he was in handcuffs in the car, but yet was still managing to kick the door almost out. I mean, what can he do? He's he actually asked to be on, he actually asked to be on the ground. By the way, mm-hmm. and that was one one of the reasons why he was on the ground. I'm he sure didn't that ask wasn't the for only a, reason. a knee on his throat. No, but if he was, like I said, this is a tough subject. It and is. We're not we're not the prosecution of the defense. It's hard for us to talk about this because all we're going to say is going to be speculation. We can talk about the facts. We can talk about how. Yes, Derek Chauvin had his knee mostly on his back, part of his neck. We can also talk about how he took a fatal dose of fentanyl and methamphetamine before the incident. We actually have video of him swallowing the pill, uh, that it was on his tongue. He closes his mouth, and it's no longer on his tongue. Um, it came out that there was another prior incident of him doing that today. And overdosing. Yeah. Yeah. But if he was in the back of the patrol car in his handcuffs kicking at the door— he would have still been back there kicking at the door if they hadn't have taken him out. I mean, maybe let, eventually died back there. Maybe they, maybe we don't know, but you know, it's probably easier to replace the window than, you know, have to go through what they're going through right now. Yeah. I, re- I really think it's, you've also got the whole thing where police officers deal with people all the time that say, I can't breathe. Or they say, I, I, you know, I'm yeah, dying or, or I'm having a heart attack yeah, or, stuff like that to try to get out of stuff. And, and he actually did it. You know, he was saying, I can't breathe while he was walking out of the store. And he may have not been able to breathe because he took a he took an upper and a downer. He took uh, fentanyl, which is a huge downer. I mean, the the whole point of the reason why fentanyl is dangerous is because it severely depresses your respiratory drive. Um, but he also took methamphetamine, which is a humongous upper. You know, right. so what kind of combination is that? Does that mean they were interacting in a weird way where he felt like he couldn't breathe, but he was still able to have the energy to kick the door down and all kinds of other stuff? Like I don't even know what the heck was like, going on. You don't take drinking an energy drink and taking melatonin. Right. It really screws you up. I mean, and that's that's the reason why drugs are more deadly when they're mixed like that, because they can really throw your whole system into a into a a spiral. Right. And that's why this trial is going to be so interesting to watch, because this could have gone two different ways. I mean, there's two different sides. We weren't there. I mean, we can speculate based on what we've seen. But the reality is the only people there with the officers, George Floyd and like 20 people with cell phones. Yeah. Right. So. Um, who knows? But th- this is one to watch because this will change. I think this will change our world. But then mm-hmm. I say that, and then yeah, we look back way. at all the other trials where, um, 
you know, a, a black person has been shot and killed and they've gone different ways. I, I look back at the last several years and I've seen several of them and there are huge riots after, but then they, they're settled and then another one happens in another city. So it's just, it's an endless cycle that's got to stop. I think it's going to be another, um, who was the, who was the really popular football player that killed, that didn't kill his wife, quote unquote, but wrote a book about killing his wife. OJ, right? OJ Simpson. This is our OJ Simpson, in my opinion. I mean, or mine, because I, I was not uh, sentient when OJ Simpson went down. But right. um, no. But I mean, this. Were you what? How, when was that? When was when was OJ Simpson? That was ninety three, wasn't it? Okay, so I wasn't even I wasn't even uh, a thought uh, back then. Oh but my gosh, really? How old do you think I am? I, apparently not that old. If you don't remember, ninety six. I was born in ninety six. Oh, I remember. Wow. I remember OJ because I was told about it, but I wasn't alive. If it tells you anything, I watched that live in that Bronco. <laughs> oh, <Whoa. laughs> Shut up! Wow. Oh, I, I say that, but we have we at, at where I work. I process new people, and I I saw somebody came through the other day, and they had a birthday in the two thousands, and I'm like, oh, God, yeah. this is like a four year old. Well, you're and I'm with like, a, you're sitting with a two thousand baby. Two thousand. So that's yeah. crazy. So. Yeah, it's crazy. You guys, I'm sorry. I I feel really bad for you because you missed the 80s and you can watch videos now and you can see right. the fashion, but man, what a great time. And I'm sorry you guys missed it. I'm sorry you couldn't experience it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I really think that our generation is going to be really Were you born stupid in the 80s? crazy. Very close to the 80s, Very yes. Close. Like the year before the 80s. Okay. Look at look at all our generation has. We've got what? You know, I think in high school, everything was okay. We got Obama, and that was interesting. You know, there wasn't a lot of division there. You as got much twerking. As it, we got twerking. What else did we get, Eli? We got memes. What, are you talking about? Memes were created. Memes. Things to be proud about. TikTok. Yeah. I think memes is something to be pretty proud mm. about, like I think the, that style of comedy. That, I think there are more things that we can frown upon than I agree. wake up to. I agree. I've uh, seen, yeah, you're so what, 21, Eli, I, I've seen some of your generation try to mimic some of the 80s styles and it does not work. Like the, the tight roll and the blue yeah. jeans. No, that, that doesn't, they don't know how to do it right. I was wondering where style's going next and I'm not really educated on that kind of thing, but Me it is either. interesting to think about think what the people person, will look like in the future. I don't have any style. We're going to look honest. back and be like, man, we, we dress so weird and like, that's because do you think back to the 80s and like, man, I dressed really weird? No, that wasn't weird at all. Okay. Well, I may or song. may not still have some MC Hammer pants in my closet. <laughs> what? You can't oh, wear those in the show. You'll just be. I constantly. know, right? <laughs> On that note, we want to thank everybody for listening. It's been a great long episode. We oh, hope we you got to talk about the dictionary it. thing, though. Oh, wait a minute. Yes. Uh, yeah, 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 let's redo that. <clears throat> you want to take it? No, we can leave that in there. Let's, let's leave it in there. What? Our little, our little faked outro. It's oh yeah, it's just comedy. Okay. Come on. We're real people here. Hello. We don't edit everything out. Oh, we'll probably leave this in there. If you I suppose this. so because we're talking about it. All right. What's this thing about? Uh, what was it? Dictionary.com or Webster's. Webster? Enlighten us. Oh, are you waiting for me? Yeah, you. You yeah, brought a, it up. You okay. got the spotlight now. All right. Well, didn't they change the definition of things a couple of years ago or something like that? I'm not too versed. I've just I think I know what you're talking about. Not um, to talk or not to look at Webster because they changed the definition. I remember when they did that. It wasn't too long ago. Um, they add so many weird words in there now. Some of your like 2000s words are starting to be added to the I dictionary. I told you about that, Elon. Yeah, you did. That's why I said. What you, is it? You came in one day oh, I can't. steaming mad and you said, don't ever use Webster again. <laughs> that sounds like something. That's exactly that. something. Jason would say. 
Gosh, man, I rem- I don't remember why, but it was some word. I think they changed that, gender, um, maybe. No, 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 no. It wasn't something I thought. It was. It was literally. It was talking about. Um, it was something Trump said, and the media was trying to make it seem like it was something else. And if you look up the definition of this word, it's exactly what he described. Then they changed it. Like a day later, they changed it so it did not include what he was describing. I can totally see you coming in saying, "Don't use." I was for so that. mad about that. Like, we'll have well, to look this up real quick because we we must have to save this it. This was like an hour or not an hour. This was like two. It wasn't that long. Three ago. years ago, right? Well, perhaps we should have just continued to close yeah, the show. We'll, we'll have to we'll do bring that, that up next time. time. Yeah, you know what? If you're listening and you know the answer or you know what the word was, shoot us an email. I thought can, it was something to do with gender, didn't it? They changed the definition so. of gender. I don't know. Or, we really need to know. I really don't think I was that mad about those issues a couple like last year. This is a great opportunity. But, if you go to our webpage, um, there's a link to our host where you can actually leave voice feedback from your phone. Yes, you and can. And we could use it on the show. So if you've if you've got an idea what this Webster thing is, Shoot us a voice message. We may use it in the show. Perhaps some of my college peeps, you know, heard me complain about it back back in the good old days. I probably I guarantee did. you. You know who I'm talking to, Mr. Uh, Mr. Parsley. Um, you might be able to provide that info. <laughs> that's, that's a quick oh, wow. shout out there. Anyway, I think we've had a quite a long show and a lot of stuff, mostly me talking. So hopefully you don't get tired of my voice. Um, but I think it's a good time to close it out. Chris. It is. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Please tell a friend, like our socials, and leave comments on whatever platform that you listen to us on. Right. We're on all kinds of platforms. If you don't like one, you'll probably find us on another one. Absolutely. Uh, you can visit our podcast website at stillloveyabro.com. Uh, you can subscribe, support, and share, and also send feedback, which we appreciate. We've got email addresses, Jess at stillloveyabro with a Y-A dot com, and Chris at stillloveyabro with a Y-A dot com, and that's not with a Y-A spelled out. That's actually Yankee Alpha. Yankee Alpha. <laughs> whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Uh, we can't say that. We're going to get the explicit mark. I'm kidding. Not no. Whiskey Tango. Yeah, we got, you know what? We didn't really end the show. We're just kidding. We got tagged as being explicit. Several different times. What? Several different yeah. times. So I'm not sure what the content what, is. curse words? Or? No, I think, I, think, uh, I think there were like some minor curse words or something. Yeah. Or really mm. curse words. Mm. So if your There's child is talking about this, the, we're sorry. Yeah, I don't think we're... We're not explicit, explicit. If you're listening to this as your first episode, I doubt this will be explicitly marked. Um, we don't, we try, we don't say things. And we, if we do into actually and say something that we would consider a, a bad word, we do edit it Our out. Our parents listen to this. So. Yeah. So we have to be very, <laughs> me and Eli have to be very clean. <laughs> yeah. And if it makes you feel any better, yeah, for every hour of a show, there's like 30 minutes of curse words we take out. Right. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's, a, that's just Chris, though. Oh, that is just all Chris or, or Chloe. That, no, I've been not. around longer. I know more of the hyphenated words. Right. Yeah, we'll he's say got Chloe she's not here. So. Yeah, there you go. So. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Once again, this is Still Love You, Bro, and uh, we appreciate your listenership. Share us, and uh, maybe we can get more content out there for you. Sounds good. Still love you, bros. Still love you. <laughs>